Well, hi, everyone. Welcome to Framework Leadership, a podcast about principles and ideas you can take today to your leadership level. We are now exclusively a part of the SEU Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ken Engel, president of Southeastern University. And I'm your co-host, Michael Steiner, SEU Chief of Staff. And this episode, wow, we're on the road uh, here in Texas, and we're so excited to be joined by Pastor Joe Champion here in Austin, Texas. Joe is the founder and senior pastor of Celebration Church, uh, a multi-site uh, church with campuses in Austin, Texas Metroplex, Mozambique, Africa, Caserta, Italy. I mean, he serves on the lead team of, of the Associated Related Churches Arc. He and his wife, Lori, have been married now 30 31 years. 31 years, yeah. 31 years, have three sons, uh, two of which are attending Southeastern University right now. Uh, recently, he published a brand new book, Confronting Compromise, and is going to, we're going to talk about this here and on this episode. So, Joe, great to have you on the podcast. Thank you, Dr. Ingalls. Great to be with you both and just love all things Southeastern. It's an amazing university and it's impacting our family. Let me just say firsthand, I'm watching my boys, uh, two of the three, uh, just grow as leaders and grow as believers like uh, like I've never seen them mm -hmm. since they've connected to Southeastern. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're we, grateful to have them there and just love both of them. Uh, Joe, as we start the, the conversation, tell us a little bit more about this brand new book. What prompted you to write about the need for believers to really actually push in an active, strong way uh, against compromise? Yeah, you know, my life, I come out of an NFL coach's home. Mm. My dad was a longtime coach in the NFL and uh, prior to that, he was in World War II and then went to Mississippi State and played football. And then he went into the NFL as a player and then as a coach. And then I have two older brothers. Uh, one's a retired two-star general, Special Forces, Green Beret, wow. uh, very prolific career. And then my uh, middle brother, Keith, is a retired colonel, Naval Academy grad, F-18 fighter pilot in the Marine Corps. And then... I come along in the Lord's Army, but still, nevertheless, sure, in the Army. Uh, but I come out of this home where I was taught that if you're going to make a difference in the world, and frankly, we're on this planet to make a difference, you can't compromise. Right. My parents, without them even realizing it, were teaching me how to live, how to live a life that would not be filled with mixture. And so I would say things like, we don't go to church like the rest of the neighborhood. Because mm. most Sundays we were in stadiums. We were, you know, dad was coaching ball. And so half the year we were in a football stadium on a Sunday. But even after that, I'd say, how come we don't go to church at Christmas or Easter? Yeah. And my mom and dad, who, who were both from Mississippi, my mother was raised in a, a traditional Christian background uh, of Catholicism. Mm -hmm. My dad was raised in a traditional Baptist background. Okay. Well, by the time yeah. I'm born, they've, they're kind of done with church. And uh, I said, uh, well, we should go to church at Christmas. And they go, Joe, we know enough about Jesus. We know that he is the Lord. We, and they, they believe that. That if we go at Christmas, we should go the week after Christmas and the week after that and the week after that. If we go at Easter, we don't just go at Easter. We go the right. week after. In other right. words, God sure. wants all. Right. you got to be all in. You can't compromise. Mm. And we're not ready to make that decision. Got now, it. you can. Yeah. But we're, we're, as a family, not ready to make that decision. And my parents, without them even teaching me the, strips, the scripture on this, which is, I think, Revelation 3. He says, yeah, I wish yeah. you were hot or cold. Right, right. right. But to be mixed, to be compromising, I, I can't work with you. I can't, I don't, the devil's mad, I'm mad, nobody knows where you right. stand. So anyway, that's out of that, Dr. Ingalls, where I think I began when I came into Christ, 
I began to see this principle over and over in the scriptures that God is not harsh. He's not mean. We know that. He's a kind, wonderful, gracious. In fact, 1 Timothy 1.11 talks about the glorious gospel right. of the blessed God. Yes. Mm-hmm. That word there means happy. Happy. Yeah. He's a happy yeah. God. So, But he's also a God that has called us up. Yeah. And that means we've got to look at things in our life that we might be compromising. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's so powerful because I feel like in today's society, anybody that has a stand either way, right, That's ends right. up uh, ends up being canceled or ends up being yeah. whatever, whatever. Like, it doesn't matter where you have, where you line your stand, but there becomes such a surety that comes from not compromising yeah. on that side. Yeah. Jesus was, J.I. Packer, the yeah. great theologian, said no one was more dogmatic than Jesus. Yeah. Right. Yet he was also the great humanist. Yeah, no one right. was more humanistic because right. he became a human mm-hmm. for humans, but he was also dogmatic. I'm the way, I'm the truth, truth. I'm the yeah. life. I, he didn't compromise that. There was a time, I think, one of the greatest miracles he would not perform was when they said, Jesus, if you'll compromise, come off the cross. Right. If you'll come down, we'll mm-hmm. believe in you. Mm-hmm. Well, had he come off the cross, had he compromised the cross or his atoning death, then the world would have not had the hope like we have now of eternal life. So. He, he just refused to compromise, and we can go through the scriptures and go through many stories of how many people wanted him to compromise. The rich young ruler, right? hey, I keep six out of the ten, which I say, if I found a guy that even knows six out of the ten commandments, much less keep six yes. out of the ten commandments, right. I'm going to make you an elder, and yeah. you might be the leader of my organization. Mm-hmm. But Jesus said, that's awesome, but guess what? Mm-hmm. There's still some things la- right. you still have compromise. Right. Right. Go yeah. and sell, and then you can come back and, yeah. mm-hmm. and follow me. So it's, it is Jesus. Yeah. Right, right. And yeah. when you look at it, I mean, this generation, I think there's a lot of studies coming out about how much anxiety, fear, mm-hmm. um, really insecurity exists in this generation. Talk to us a little bit about mm-hmm. what does it mean, why, ha- why not having compromise in your life yeah. can help be an answer to yeah, that. Yeah, I think when you make up your mind, and of course, he's not. He, he he's the alone, holy. He's the one alone, perfect. But he does say, "Be ye holy, mm-hmm, as right. I am holy." Yeah. Uh, so there is. I think the the more that we're conformed to the image and the likeness of Christ, which is what Paul says, his goal was to present every man, every woman, complete in Christ. Yeah. So there's this call, and I think that the more that we address areas of our life uh, that are not like him in, in attitude or mm-hmm. in behavior right. or in, and of course, it's not behavior modification, but in spirit. Right. Right. I think we get, we get more and more cloudy the more and more compromise we have in our life. So I, in the book, I deal with the, one of my favorite Bible stories in the book of Acts chapter 20. Paul the Apostle's preaching. The Bible talks about he knows that he's leaving the next day, so he continues to preach. And he preaches till midnight. Well, sitting in the windowsill was a young man by the name of Eutychus. Right. Mm-hmm. And the Bible says in those five verses, he's a young man. His name means fortunate or, or uh, favored, uh, lucky, literally. Yeah. And so, but he's, he's in church, but he's sitting in a windowsill. I look at this story as here's a guy, here's a young man, fortunate enough to sit and listen to the greatest preacher that arguably was on the planet other than Christ and John the Baptist, let's say. But yet he falls asleep under the preaching and the ministry of Paul the Apostle in an amazing New Testament church. 
because I think sitting in that windowsill, there's a type in a picture, he had one, one foot in, one foot out. Wow. He had one eye in, one eye out. Yeah. He's, sitting, he's sitting on the edge or the ledge and wondering, do I go all in? Do yeah. I? Do I? Yeah, right. and, you can, and, he, and the Bible says he fell asleep. He, yeah. he got sleepy, mm-hmm. fell asleep, was overcome by the sleep, and fell out the window. And, of course, we know the goodness of God raised him mm-hmm. right. from the dead in Paul. Paul picks him up and says his life is in him. Don't be grieved. And returns him back to the upper room, preaches another six hours. I promise you he didn't sit in the windowsill ever again. <laughs> yeah. But how many of us are sitting? I know for my exactly. life, I sat in the windowsill for, yeah. for, for a couple of years. Yeah. You know, I love the way that uh, you dive into the idea that we're not called to be like everyone else. Yeah. Uh, we're, you know, we aren't called to conform with the popular worldviews, but but actually to confront those societal issues that go against really our core beliefs. Yeah. Tell us about a time uh, in, in your life where you were faced with an issue that you absolutely had to confront. Well, when I gave my life to Christ at the level that I, I document January the 10th, 1987 was, I, I do believe I was saved, but then January the 10th, 87 I was saved unto my calling, unto my purpose. Sure. I'd already, I knew that Jesus was my Lord. I was going to heaven, but I wasn't serving the purpose for which God had for me. That took place January the 10th of 87, my junior year at LSU. So I had one more year of eligibility. I was playing football on scholarship at LSU, and I went back to a team that saw a Joe that was, frankly, the team party captain. Mm. And now I'm going to go back as the team chaplain. Mm. And they saw a change in me. But I had to go back into that locker room. And there was many opportunities for me to go back to my old way of life in that culture, sure. mm-hmm. in that locker room, especially uh, at LSU, which is a very fast-moving, <laughs> fast-paced party school, and especially in South Louisiana. I had to make some decisions. Okay, am I going to go back to my drinking days? Am I going to go back to my partying days? Am I going to compromise? Or am I going to now stand clear and, and stand consistent for what the Scripture talks about, what the Word of God tells us, that you know, he who loves the Lord and he who desires to know Him, he, be ye holy as I am holy. Right. There's a, there's right. a, mm. I, it, and it wasn't, again, a, a religious laws of do's and don'ts. Yeah. It was just His Spirit who is holy. It's called the Holy right. Spirit. Mm. Right. And so I had to confront, and, and I think this is the big thing about the book. The book is not confronting compromise in other people. The book is confronting compromise in your own life. Right. Uh, The great Warren Wearsby writes and and preached that we are not competing against other people. We're always competing against ourselves. Right. So I I am always trying to be better. So in that way, even in Austin, coming to a city that is very liberal, uh, we've been we've had people come to our church saying, "Okay." We believe that this is the position that you need to take mm-hmm. when it comes to, well, well, let's just say traditional marriage. And uh, though we have people from all backgrounds and all walks of life, but I was, I was confronted mm-hmm. with, you better do marriage the way we want to do marriage, not the way the Bible says do marriage sure, right. between man and woman. And I had to say, no, we're not. Right. We're not. And we've had people leave our church. We've had, we've had people leave our church because we don't do uh, same-sex marriage. Uh, though we love people and people are welcome to come. Uh, so we've even had protesters here. Mm-hmm. We had for a year solid uh, protesters coming every week outside of our, our downtown campus mm-hmm. asking us to compromise. Mm. 
and uh, asking us to change our values and mm -hmm. to change what we believe about the scriptures. And we just said, no, we can't. Mm -hmm. Now, we love you, but we're not going right, to change. Right. And uh, we're also not going to retaliate. We're not mm -hmm. going to get angry. You know, Jesus, we know this when Paul went to Athens mm -hmm. and the Bible says that some, it says some believed, right. but then it says some rioted and hated him right. and wanted to kill him. And, and some said, we'll hear you again. But he didn't change, right. you know. So we got to realize that when you stand for truth, you're you're gonna you're gonna cause mm -hmm. reactions. Yeah. So let's dive into a little bit. You you talk about it some of the book. What are some of the things that cause people to compromise within themselves? What yeah. are those things that kind of can come in that really that really cause that? For yeah. Them? We talk about the three things. Number one, it is distractions. Yeah. Uh, we get distracted, uh, and that distraction can come in different ways. I I think that we. We get distracted with uh, what we see, what, you know, Lot got distracted. Mm -hmm. The Bible says he, he lifted up his eyes and he right. saw so. and he went towards that plain and towards that place and established his home there. And of course, it was right outside the gates of Sodom and Gomorrah and he lost everything. Uh, I think he got distracted. I think that we can find ourselves uh, getting detoured by these kind of choices. Uh, we get distracted by our friends, mm -hmm. uh, our family. My, my brother said, Joe, and of course that's changed now 34 years later, but they said, uh, don't go into the ministry. Don't become a pastor because you're going to be wasting your God-given talent on God. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> don't do that. You need to be using it at LSU as an athletic director or whatever right, that was. Yeah. Uh, the second thing is substitutes. Mm -hmm. Sure. And we begin to go for the false or the fake we think it's real and uh, it's all perceived or it's it's just all imaginary and the third thing would be cultural erosion it's right. it's the culture coming in constantly what we all see through our ear gate our eye gate uh we, and then we get into this feeling of an emotional walk with god mm -hmm. rather than the scriptural truth of god's right. words this is why right. we've got the word of god right before us i think when the church began on the day of pentecost it started at the pulpit or, and I use this thought parabolically, it started at the pulpit. The Word of God is what was the very first thing after the fire of God falls upon mm -hmm. them in that upper room. Peter stands and begins to declare the Word of God. What it was not was a platform. So when the pulpit or when the Word of God is there, the primary, the primary purpose of the, the Word of God is revelation. Mm -hmm. Right. The primary purpose of a platform, which is a message, a communication, mm -hmm. it's inspiration. Now, yeah. we need inspiration. Right. But if you, if you don't have revelation yeah. and just inspiration, Powerful. you yes. can end up going down a road with the erosion of the culture. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. You know, one of your top priorities is to maintain uh, Christ-like integrity uh, and character. And as a, as a ministry leader, a leader to so many individuals, what does it look like for someone to pursue really the betterment of their life in order to become Christ-like. Yeah. I think, obviously, in, in our walk, it has to begin after salvation. The first thing that we know with Paul the Apostle is that he is in a life of prayer. He's in a, he's in a life that is now in constant communion with God. Right. You know, when Paul has that encounter with Christ and Ananias is going to go and and uh, lay hands on Paul, but he, he said, you'll know who this guy is. Behold, he is praying. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
And I think that a life of integrity has to start first and foremost, living in an atmosphere with God, uh, living with Him in prayer. Uh, and then, of course, the, the Word of God. We, we, we can't just go by our own feelings. We've, we've got mm-hmm. the written Word. Um, and then uh, when it comes to integrity, we've, we've got to be willing to make some hard choices and some hard decisions. Right. And I'm, I'm a member of a golf community here in Austin, and uh, I've been confronted with, uh, with well, temptation mm-hmm. in the yeah. sense uh, of guys going, hey, hey, Joe, why don't you come and, why don't you come and get drunk with us? And, and, I, and I've got to stand for what I know, not just as a Christian, and as a believer, but I'm also an example. They know what I do, and I've got to sure. walk in Stead that clarity. That. Years right. ago, I was on a, and I talk about this in the book, I was on an oil field location. I worked oil field during my summers in college. And um, the group of guys, there were about 15 guys on the, at this particular site, and we're waiting on some kind of service mm-hmm. to be performed, and the guy pulls out a, a magazine, a pornography magazine. And they now know that I am going in the ministry. This is going into my last year at LSU. So they know that I'm going to be a chaplain or a pastor in the military. And he pulls out this book and he goes, Joe, we know that you're going to be a pastor, but we believe you probably still look at this kind of material. And he pulls out this penthouse magazine. Well, I have in my Bible, uh, in my back pocket, a plastic coated New Testament. I carried a New Testament on the oil field because... It was always wet or something right. going on, so it was plastically coated. So I said, no, I don't look at that anymore. Now, there was a day I might have, but I said, now, because of Christ in my life, yeah. because I have integrity is the word wholeness. Mm-hmm. I, I am now whole in Christ, and so therefore I'm, not, I'm satisfied. I don't need mm-hmm. outside stimulation in that way. Yeah. And so I said, no, this is what I look at, and I hold up my Bible. And I said, obviously, and the 15 guys listened to it. I said, obviously, none of you know what this is. Or you wouldn't be standing with this right, guy, with the, and yeah. he doesn't know what this Bible is, because I don't need that. This is what I need. This is mm. this is my life. This is my yeah. bread. And I said, and you've never read the Bible before. Well, the guy says, holding the book, holding the magazine, I should say. He goes, oh, I I know what that is. That's a Bible. And he goes, and I'm a deacon. I'm an elder in my church. Wow. And so I confronted him on that moment, right. and right then <laughs> and there, I said, really. And now those. 15 guys standing with him, 14 of them moved to my side because they now know. (laughs) And so what happened Uh, in that moment? That guy ends up getting his life right with God in that scene because I confronted. Mm -hmm. Now, I didn't want, I'm not, I'm not looking for a fight. Right. We're not going around trying to make war. But Jesus said, you're going to have to confront this Mm -hmm. when it comes to integrity and character Mm -hmm. and doing what's right. He, He told us in Luke 22, he goes, sell your coat. If you have a coat, if you have something that keeps you warm, sell it yeah. and buy a sword. Yeah, because you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to. Ch- right. And that integrity always comes back to us. So I got to make sure I'm not right. in that kind of stuff. Yeah, sure. I got to make sure I'm living a mm-hmm. life that's that is in reflection of of Christ, His nature, His spirit, His attitude, His love, His kindness, His grace. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, uh, we're seeing a ramping up. Man, this right. thing is becoming yeah. hardball. Absolutely. This is not softball yeah. anymore. This right. is. This is hardball. Right. And, you know, there's so many leaders out there, not just in the ministry, but in so many different spheres um, that are faced with moments like that every day. Some of them don't even realize how often they're faced with those kind of moments where it's, okay, it's a decision to either 
cave compromise yeah. or stick up for what I know is right in this moment. That's right. What can they be saying to themselves? How can they have that right internal dialogue to make the right decision to stand up? In yeah, that I think you have to, before you go into the day, this is why Jesus, his prayer life predominantly was early in the morning. Yeah. So Jesus, yes, he would pray, I'm sure, at all times as we know, and he tells us to, but he had an early morning prayer life because he was looking forward to that day. I think there has to be a preparation mm. uh, for the day. Okay, how am I going to conduct myself? You're going to be sitting on an airplane, and I have this happen a lot. I'm sitting on an airplane, and, and uh, I don't typically try to tell people what I do out of the block. I, mm-hmm. I just tell them I'm in sales if they ask the question because <laughs> I want to go with the gospel. Right, I, right. At some point, I do want to get so an opportunity good. to minister yeah. Christ to them. Yeah. But I have to prepare my mind. You know, the yeah. Bible talks about prayer for action. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so going into that day, y- y- you're going to have to prepare, number one, okay, Lord, I want to reflect your nature, mm-hmm. your love, your, your kindness, but I also want to reflect your truth. Uh, the, the, a second thing would be being aware that your nature, my nature is always to be liked. Mm-hmm. I want people to like me. I don't, sure. don't want to go about... In fact, Jesus was right. liked. Right. He was loved. He increased in fame mm-hmm. and if you will, uh, people began to know who he was as his fame was spreading throughout. The Bible says people were amazed at his kind, gracious words. But at the same time, we know that he eventually died doing this because he wouldn't compromise. He would not, he wouldn't bend, he wouldn't bow. So I would say that prayer life again, that word life, preparing the day, and then going in with the reality that... uh, there, there's going to come a moment, but at the same time, don't try to don't try to get the whole thing. Just realize you may just mm-hmm. be a seed right. mm-hmm. to sow into that day. Some days I don't go any deeper than just a. There could just be one sentence. Uh, T. Austin Sparks, a great mentor of mine who died uh, in the late '60s, he was on a train traveling across mm-hmm. India with one of his disciples, and he was a tremendous preacher, pastor, man of God, and. He was on this train in India for almost 10 hours. And the young disciple was waiting the whole time. When is Pastor Sparks going to witness and share the gospel? And after 10 hours, all he did was greet the people and sure. was nice yeah. to them. But yeah. there was no gospel sharing. Right. He gets off the train and the young disciple says, Pastor Sparks, you failed. And he said, well, how did I fail? He says, you never shared the gospel. He says, well, you obviously don't have the same, repu- the same uh, relationship to the Holy Spirit that I do. I only do what the Holy Spirit tells me to do. Yeah, yeah. And so we have to be also obedient. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Don't, don't try to force feed people or try yeah. to force something to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. This is a powerful book and, and an absolute must read. Um, I have a couple more questions and then we'll close this great conversation out with our fire round. But, you know, co- Compromise isn't just a decision; uh, it's a lifestyle. Yeah, and um, and your book discusses this concept of not only surviving but yeah. actually thriving right. by following God's plan for life, and, and knowing uh, you know that plan is is critical to I think living without compromise. So, how can we've got a lot of students that are listening in? How can young people discover the plan yeah. that God? truly has yeah. for their life. I think the best, and I cover and talk throughout the book about his life, I love Nehemiah. Mm, yes. And we know that Nehemiah was a cupbearer. He was yep. the sommelier for the king. Right. Like, in other words, he's, he's probably the last choice that people would think is going to be the vessel that God's going to use right. 
to rebuild the wall, which is going to rebuild Jerusalem's worship and expression, which, by the way, the wall was to eliminate the compromise. Mm -hmm. The wall around Jerusalem was was a demarcation. It was a defense. It was a definition. Mm -hmm. So for 125 years, there was no definition. It was constant compromise. So yep. the world would come into Jerusalem, anything and everything. There was, there's just no, like, yeah. what was truth? What was absolute? What was right? What was wrong? Right. What was worship? What was not? What was God? What was the world? So Nehemiah is a cupbearer. And I could say in my own life, Dr. Engel, I'm, I'm just a... Uh, NFL coach's son that gets a, uh, gets a hold of the reality that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And as I'm hearing the word of God, like Nehemiah, and you go to Nehemiah chapter 1, he hears the report. Mm -hmm. right. he's, getting, he's hearing the word, whether that be the testimony around Jerusalem or, or even what God had to say about it. And I'm reading the scriptures like almost like Nehemiah, and boy, I'd sit in the back mm -hmm. of a church going, God, if you want to use me for whatever... Whatever you want to do with my life, I don't want to be out of, not just your will, but Lord, I want to, I want to be in the center of what you're doing in the earth. Absolutely. And that doesn't yeah. always mean, for the students that are listening, that, that that means pulling you out of the marketplace or pulling you out of the business world. In fact, we need mm -hmm. people. My son is in Washington, D.C., working on Capitol Hill, yeah. like your son, working yeah. in that world of Washington, D.C. And he is absolutely in the will of God though he's not in vocational ministry right. or pastoring. But it came out of, with Nehemiah, it came out of, with me, even my own son, this sense, like Nehemiah, the Bible says, he sits down and he begins to weep, but he begins to pray, begins to meditate, mm -hmm. and just chewing on this. And then the Bible says he, he's still serving. He didn't quit his job, and he's serving the king, and then the king sees what's going on in his life, and he goes, man, I could tell something's, something's different about you. What's yeah. up? I've never seen you like this. And then, of course, in that process of time, he takes that trip and he rides around Jerusalem for those couple of days. And, and when it comes to knowing or even examining the will of God or a decision, you got to punch the will of God. I tell people the, yeah. the will of God can handle a punch. Yeah. So whether it's do I take this job or do I move in this career, man, ride around that thing. Get wisdom. Mm. Hang with people that know that industry, like Nehemiah. He, yeah. he went there. He connected with the right people. He knew who not to connect to. In my own world, even when I moved to Austin, I knew that God had called us to plant a church. But I got here. The ultimate thing was not do I. It's not about planting the church. It's, Lord, if you just wanted to see if I would obey you by moving yeah, to Austin, right. that's fine yeah. with me. Yeah. Now, if you want me to go drive a school bus or go work yeah. at Dell Computers or now Tesla, that's yeah. fine. Ultimately... If there's a life verse for me, I tell people, John 6, 29, Jesus said when they asked, what is the work of the ministry? Yeah. He didn't say, become a preacher, you know, go on staff at a church, uh, become a great communicator. He said, to know me is the work of the ministry. Yeah. When I read that, I went, now I want to know you. So as I know him, as I roll with him, as I look for him and walk with him, then my life is all, whatever that is, I'm, right. I'm yeah. satisfied. Right. So Nehemiah, we know the end of the story. You know, he, he goes and sees this in 52 days. This thing start popping, things start coming together. Not on his own because he's in relationship right. with all the people. And then we just know that those 13 chapters, this man literally changed, changed the trajectory yeah. of millions of people. people. Yeah. yeah. 
And so as people are thinking, you know, maybe a little bit down the road, they're in a career, they're in a spot and they realize, you know what, I'm not, I'm not where I think God wants me to be right now. It's time for me to make a change. What, what questions do they need to be asking themselves? How can they walk down that path to get in the line? I would say first and foremost, you, you gotta get wise counsel in the multitude of counselors. There's safety. Yeah. So maybe somebody's listening to this podcast or some mm. student, oh, this is it, I'm going to leave, and then you don't talk to your mom, you don't talk to dad, <laughs> you don't talk to your wife or your husband. Right. Yep. Let everything, the Bible says, let everything be established out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. In other words, there is a corporate uh, relationship that you've got to have. The body yeah. of Christ, we are a body, and as I use the illustration, an eye out of the body is an ugly eye. I don't mm-hmm. care how blue your eyes are. Yeah. I don't care if you look like you have the eyes of Robert Redford or Brad right. Pitt. Now, some people don't know who Robert Redford <laughs> is, but Dr. Engel, you look like Robert Redford was the first Brad Pitt. He was the first Brad Pitt. Well, let's just, you just take Brad Pitt's yeah. eye out and go, this is Brad Pitt's eye. Well, nobody will go, oh my now, that's gorgeous. Okay. Yeah. Well, if you want to express the will of God for your life, you're, you're, you, I would say, number one, get, make sure you're in corporate yeah, relationship just, yeah. to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, I think it's going to also be consistent with your life thus far. So I was always communicating, even from the sixth grade. I was the captain of the football team. I would be asked to host the football banquet over my middle school, high school years. When I was at LSU, I was asked to you know, be the team captain or to even start praying in front of the football, 80,000 people, they would say, Joe, would you like to lead the prayers before we do the national anthem back in the day when we could do these kind of things? Well, everything that I'm doing now is what I was doing my whole life. Your whole life, yeah, right. Uh, Now, I did sell cars for a while when I moved to New Orleans to go to seminary, but I Mm -hmm. knew that that wasn't it. Yeah. The Bible also talks about let the peace of God rule in your heart. It's huge. And that is that umpire. That word there means let mm-hmm. the peace of God be an umpire. Yeah. Uh, in other words, it, it, that the Spirit of God is like that umpire. It calls balls and strikes. Mm-hmm. And uh, some things, and I would encourage probably a lot of the students especially, you're working in a job or you're in a season, you're living at home or you're working in a, a job that you don't like. I remember I was there. God's got time. Yeah. He's got more time than you think. Just yeah. ultimately say, Lord, I don't, I don't want to misstep. I don't want to, I don't want to walk ahead of you. I want to follow you. Yep. And uh, so I can't stress enough the relationships, of course, it comes back to your walk with Christ. And then also what is consistency or what has been consistent in your own, mm-hmm. uh, in your own giftings? Yeah. What, yeah. what are you good at? Right. You right. know, right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's good. Well, we just so appreciate this conversation and thank you for taking time. But we want to close out uh, with our fire round. All right. And uh, we want to ask you uh, three quick questions, uh, a little bit about everything we've discussed. Uh, and, and I want you to answer, you know, deep, what just comes out sure. of the gut, uh, which you do all the time. Yeah, it's so the only rich way I and powerful. Sorry. <laughs> but um, we want to grab uh, some practical and applicable pieces of advice for our experience, uh, uh, for experiences for our listeners to uh, hear. So, Michael, why don't you fire the first one away? Cool. So, um, in your opinion, what's the most important issue that leaders need to be informed about today, and why? I think number one, off the top of my head, <laughs> as I am talking, I am thinking uh, that uh, don't don't be weak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Make a decision. Yeah. yeah, people don't want to be around an indecisive leader, right. mm-hmm. and uh, there's been days where I've had to make a, a call, make a decision, 
uh, and I told the team, whether it's the right one or the wrong one, I'm believing it's the right one, but I don't want you to be in this environment wondering if Joe can make a call, right. make right. a decision. Yeah. So I'd say number one, be decisive. Yeah. That's good. That's What's the first piece of advice you would give to someone who's in a situation uh, where they feel like their beliefs are being questioned? Yeah. Well, I think that uh, realize that you're, we're in a Babylonian world. Yes. We're, we're, this world is fallen. Yep. It, it is the world that we're living in. And God says in Revelation, go in Babylon and go get my people out. So, yeah, your, your beliefs are going to always be questioned. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think don't, don't look to get into a Christian uh, company. Don't, mm-hmm. don't, look, don't make it easy on yourself and say, right. well, I just want to work in church. Well, if you've ever worked in church, you may have your beliefs questioned in church. In yeah. fact, yeah. that... That is sometimes yeah. the hardest, hardest place yeah. Yeah. because there are some Christians that you might be working with who don't believe that the absolute truth is in Jesus mm, right. or that you know Jesus believes this or Jesus would do that. Mm. I don't like the what would Jesus do angle. Yeah. I always go back to what did he Jesus do? Right. Yep. Right. So, uh, but be kind. Yeah. The Bible says let your appearance, let your behavior be beautiful. Let, yeah. let there be grace on your life. So that they will ask you, what is the hope right. what is that the, is lying sure. within you? Let, yeah. That seasoning with salt, we don't need to be argumentative. We don't need mm-hmm. to go to work going, yeah, these people are going to question me today. Right. Don't, don't. That's not the way Jesus was also either. Right. He was yeah. very composed. Yeah. He knew where he came from. Yep. The Bible says he knew why he was on this planet. Yep. And then John 13 said he knew where he was going. Yeah. Yep. Don't get insecure. Yeah. <laughs> Stay secure. Love it. Powerful. Last question for us as we wrap up. If you could recommend one book that people read after they read Confronting Compromise. They just finished reading this. What's the next book they need to pick up after that? You know, I'm reading several books right now. I lean honestly towards theological books. I love a guy by the name of uh, Peter Forsyth, a great theologian. They've reprinted this book. It's called Positive Preaching in the Modern Mind. Love it. And in that book, there are just so many great principles of how God Mm -hmm. in his word is absolute and he doesn't compromise. And uh, one of the great thoughts out of that book will be something that I preach a lot. He says, the church, the believer, Mm -hmm. is not called to speak from the age, but to the age. And if the church is not careful, if we're becoming too much like it, we won't. We won't speak to it. We'll yeah. speak from it. And therefore, we're not bringing any difference. Yeah. Wow. Well, Pastor Joe, we want to thank you for joining us today on Framework Leadership Podcast. Grateful for your insight, your wisdom. Uh, what I love about you, first of all, you can't help but catch your contagious passion yeah. uh, for, for God, for his word, uh, how important that is to, uh, to be applied to our everyday lives. Well, and, uh, thank yeah, you. So. And that's why, honestly, I think like connects to like-mindedness, and that's what I love all things Southeastern. Dr. Engel, your leadership and what God is doing through this campus Mm -hmm. and through this vision and through Southeastern across the country and the 200 locations and satellites and then the the campus in Lakeland, we, we are just thrilled to be a part of it.
Oh, we Thank love you. it. We Thank love you. it. And if you're watching and listening to us today, and if you want to stay up to date with Pastor Joe and everything happening at Celebration Church, you can check out Instagram and Twitter at Joe Champion. If you want to grab the book, we're on Amazon. We're all, all over the place. Yeah. And then the website is confrontingcompromise.com. Yeah. Got it right there. You can go pick it up right there. Make sure you grab that book. And then, as always, for more leadership content, be sure to be checking us out on Instagram at Kent underscore Ingle or Twitter at KentIngle.com. If you are watching us on YouTube right now, you loved what's happening here, loved the conversation, make sure you hit that like button, hit that subscribe button so you can get more leadership content in your feed. You can also visit our website, KenEngle.com. This is a great place to sign up for our email newsletter. That way you have tons of leadership content right in your inbox every single week. Thank you so much for listening to Framework Leadership today. Take care, everybody.